Hello again, this is Brooke Falk, your host on WCBC Worldwide, which we are, Celestial Broadcast Communication, which it is astonishingly what it sounds like, Celestial Communications, as from angels from the highest celestial realms, not to be classified as religious programming, but spiritual it is. Angels are not respecters of dogmas and creeds of orthodoxy. Today's celestial message comes from my co-host and spirit, Jesus. The title of the message is The Bearer of Glad Tidings, the medium D.L. The date, March 24, 1989. Dearest Master, Jesus, with this being Good Friday and a vacation for me, I thought this would be a good time to receive another one of your loving and helpful messages. That is, if you are now available and I am in sufficiently good condition to be a clear channel for you. Please address whatever subject you would like to discuss today, dear Master. I'm sure that all our trustees, and perhaps others one day, will be most appreciative of once again receiving your words of wisdom and truth. I am now here to write, my dear brother in Christ, and I am most happy to come to you today for the purpose of imparting what little I can to enlarge the perceptions of my fellow mortals who may be actively striving to help their souls and to reach that state of perfect at-one-ment with our Heavenly Father. I am your brother in the Christ Spirit, Jesus, who is master of the celestial heavens and the eternal leader of our church on earth, and I am pleased to be able to bring yet another message of hope and potential fulfillment to all my brothers and sisters in the flesh who are actively seeking the Father's redeeming and transforming love. Today I would like to say that prayer to our Heavenly Father has been and always will be the way of achieving not only material blessings, but also the far greater prize of at-one-ment, of soul, with Him. Of course, when I say at-one-ment of soul, to many, this may seem like an impossible state to achieve, because there is little to no belief presently felt that such attainment could be possible to begin with. As men might reason, man is but a lowly and poor creature who has but limited potential, and certainly is not of sufficient worth to be accorded the privilege of seeking at one man with the Father, let alone ever attaining such a desired state of being. But in saying or thinking this, such men have been adversely and falsely taught by their churches and religious orders that the Father is in his heavens where he belongs, but man is but his creature, a poor creature at that, who is not worthy so much as to aspire to approaching the Father's lofty station and stature, and when they say this, they know not whereof they speak. What is lost, and has been lost to a great extent down through the centuries since my advent in and departure from this world, is that man is anything but the lowly creature that his false teachers would have him believe. Some interpolations of the Bible, and many omissions as well, tend to present a picture of man as little better than the beasts of the field, sinful in nature, and not worthy so much as to gather the crumbs from under the Father's table. How lamentable is this false portrayal 
and estimation of man's true and potential greatness. In my own day, no such false proclamation ever passed my lips, for I have always known and did faithfully preach that man was and is the Father's greatest creation, the most wonderful of his handiwork, and the most beloved of all his creatures. And yet, when material concerns and acquisitions become the prevailing goals of this highest of the Father's creations, it is truly remarkable how quickly and easily man's own opinion of himself can diminish to that point where he can barely discern why the Father should have created him in the first place. And it is only one short step from that thinking to the conclusion that man must be inherently evil and essentially doomed unless or until something should occur or someone should come along to somehow change the condition of man to one of acceptance and salvation in the eyes of the Father. Man alone can do nothing, so they reason, but perhaps someone commissioned by the Father could perform some saving act that might restore humankind's position to one of grace, not through worthiness of their own, but through a champion among men who might serve to persuade the Father to take pity on his lowly creatures and to find them acceptable, after all, because of nothing more than the inherent goodness in this soul, an exceptional mouthpiece and champion, whose acts and sacrifices are offered as an atonement for all humankind. It is truly unfortunate that I, as the Messiah, have come to be viewed by many as such a champion, when the fact remains that my mission was never to appease any presumed angry God. For our Heavenly Father has no wrath to His nature, but simply to impart the glad tidings that the Father had re-bestowed the privilege of His children receiving His very own substance of love into their souls, if they would but earnestly pray to Him for this most precious of all gifts and blessings that He is capable of imparting. How different is this mission of mine from the Church's understanding of same, and how different is this loving God from that which man has created as a projection of his own troubled soul. The new Easter season is now upon us, and I would like to say once more, as emphatically as I can, and I will continue such emphasis for as long as error continues to exist on the mortal plane, that my whole mission bespeaks not man's unworthiness, but his greatness. For if the Father did not regard man as his greatest creation, and if he did not love his children as devotedly as he does, never would he have sent me into the world with the most precious of his gifts to be offered once again to his beloved ones, his transforming love that would make his great human beings even to greater divine beings. I ask you, could this be an act of an unloving God? And could this grace, re-bestowed, be a testament to that creation which the Father regarded as being inferior and unworthy? No, as I knew then, and as I continue to preach today to all my brethren, both in the spirit world and on earth, through messages communicated to mediums such as yourself, the Father regards all his children as the most precious of all his possessions. Each child is dearer to him than all his other material creations combined. And why is this so? It is so because man is made in the very image and likeness of his very own soul, 
And while the likeness is not the substance, until such likeness becomes of that substance, man still remains God's highest and greatest creation, but one attainable step lower than the celestial angels themselves. And the father is not happier pleased when his own children so denounce and degrade their stature and worth. He would have all his children know and understand completely and everlastingly that all are most precious to him, more precious than one's children are to any mortal father, and he wants all to seek him from their God-given souls in love and longing and forever discard the false notion that any mediator is necessary to petition for his love in their place. Today is the present calendar day when much of the world presumes that I died for their sins nearly 2,000 years ago. But I too am unhappy when my fellow brothers and sisters believe such a false dogma of the churches. One day, I hope the world will come to understand what my true mission really was, how I accomplished that mission, and how I left the world with the truths of salvation imparted to my inner understanding by the Father himself. But while the ignorant belief still prevails that I was but a sacrificial lamb sent to placate an angry God, I must continue to speak against this essential blasphemy, and I must continue to rely on you, my beloved co-workers in the flesh, to set the record straight along with me as to what my mission really was— to be the bearer of the glad tidings that God's divine love was being re-bestowed to his children. And one day, it is my sincere hope and prayer that my brethren will commemorate not my death, but the new life that the Father has offered to his children through me. In closing, I should like to say that my love is ever with you, all working in the Father's employ. And I can say with much happiness that through the publication of our new volume of truth soon to be distributed, I and my celestial compatriots see us as being just that much closer to the day when all will know the truth, and the truth shall make them free. Until next time, then, my blessings and the blessings of the Father are ever with all of you, and I thank you most sincerely for taking my message of this day, your loving brother and friend, Jesus. You have been listening to one of a few personally created podcast podcasts where Divine Love Celestial Angel messages are featured. For more information, visit DivineLoveSanctuary.com and New-Birth.net or celestialbroadcast.com. This is Brooke Folk, a divine love-lit soul for you. And this has been a Divine Love Chapel of the Air Worldwide Celestial Broadcast Communication, WCBC.